Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. It's Tuesday, March 8th. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. My sister Julie is in Dallas, Texas. And Julie, it's a special day today because it's International Women's Day. So happy International Women's Day to you, Joel. Thank you, Leanne. Happy International Women's Day to you, too. All right. We're going to explain a little bit more about what that is, and we have some feel-good International Women's Day stories, so you're going to want to stay tuned. Um, Obviously, we have the finale of Downton Abbey (laughs) to talk about. Supersized finale. Really? For the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about it. There's no rush, because it's never coming back. (laughs) I mean... It took me forever yesterday to do the notes, and there were so many things happening and so many people we had to check in on. Whoo, supersized Downton Abbey finale. So we're going to get to that. We have a whole sports block. A lot of interesting sports stories happened yesterday. Breaking, Erin Andrews, that judgment, been following that trial very closely, really interested in her story. So um, we'll talk about that. Maria Sharapova, the Peyton Manning retirement. And then, Julie, you have some Tuesday trends. Tuesday trends. They're ruining hotels, okay? The millennials are ruining hotels as we know them. You might as well just stay home, because when I tell you what they're doing to hotel rooms, you're just not going to want to go. Okay. All right. All right. But Julie, explain what International Women's Day is, because you lived internationally, and we sort of, it's a Twitter thing here, but it's not really a thing thing here. Like, it's not celebrated. Which is is such a pity, because it's like Mother's Day for for everyone. For young girls, for older girls, for marrieds, for singles, whatever you are, Mother uh, International Women's Day celebrates women and all the men in your life, your brothers, your spouses, you know, your co-workers, they are supposed to lavish praise and flowers and gifts on all the women in your life. And so it's a delightful day. It's, it really is. And it's, and it's a pity that it's not celebrated <laughs> Here in the U.S. It is. I mean, as much as, you know, I love Mother's Day. I know you love Mother's Day, too. I really would like the more inclusive International Women's Day because it, it would just for all women. Uh, so, like, for example, because we lived overseas for a number of years, my husband does send flowers to my daughter-in-law, Vera, you know, oh. and to Alice every International Women's Day, because they know it's International Women's Day, even if other people don't. But, you know, and it's it's a pain because, you know, in the United States, we should celebrate it because we're the ones that have, you know, that are granted the right to education, to wear whatever we want, to marry whoever we want, to to live, to to drive, to, to drive, to live wherever we want, to have the kind of jobs we want, all protected under some rule of law. You know, when you think about all the women around the world, you know, I mean, it's just uh, we should get on it, Lee. And I was thinking about it last night, I think, in the same way that we really brought back toast. I mean, people weren't talking about toast (laughs) before you and I started talking about toast. Okay, I think we can do it for International Women's Day. I know there are a lot of women like working on getting a woman on the $20 bill. Forget about that. International Women's Day. It's a much better holiday. Comes in March, it would be a perfect time. Well, you know, I'm on that International Women of Courage Committee, and we're gearing up. Usually last year, 
it was done around International Women's Day purposefully that the U.S. State Department would bring these incredible female leaders into Washington, D.C., and the Secretary of State and the First Lady would, you know, lavish them with praise and, and uh, you know, sing sing about them in an official presentation. But it was snowed out three of the four last years so in Washington, so they bumped the event to the end of March. But they did release a fantastic video today, the U.S. State Department, about the 100 women that they've honored with, with the Women of Courage Awards. And so I posted that at our Satellite Sisters Facebook page and my Facebook page, and I'll post a link to it at SatelliteSisters.com because it's feel good. It'll get you you in the mood and gives you the instructions on how you can actually watch the ceremony in Washington, D.C., March 29th. But I have just been consumed with International Women of Courage for the last couple of weeks, and it's been fun. It's incredible what these women do. And you're right, Julie, when you read their personal stories and you just realize we're very lucky here in the United States. We are. Even if it's... It seems like a cray cray time in the <laughs> in the election cycle. Right, right. Even if you want to run through airports with glasses of white wine and go crazy, you know. But uh, you can do, do it. We, you can do it. But we have, we do, we have, you know, we have rights that women around the world don't have. And to you know, to have a day to just stop and recognize and to celebrate all women, uh, and to have the men celebrating the yeah. women. I think that's a key point about this. That it's a lovely, lovely holiday, and it has a great spirit about it, and uh, and I think we deserve it. All right. There was a great story in the Indian Express. A friend of mine posted it on her Facebook page, but I loved it, and it was um, the national carrier Air India on Monday said it flew, quote, the world's longest all-women-operated and supported flight from the nation's capital to San Francisco. So everybody on the crew, everybody involved in the flight were women. Now this flight, Julie, traveled the distance of, and this means nothing to me, 14,500 kilometers. <laughs> okay. But, I thought you were going to say aeronautical miles. Nope. Which kilom- really stumped me. Yes. <laughs> uh, but 17 hours. And they claim, we had this discussion this weekend on the show about the longest air route. Air India claims this is the longest air route from Delhi to San Francisco. But for the first time ever on the world's longest nonstop flight, according to Air India, the entire flight operations from cockpit crew to cabin crew to check-in staff, doctor, customer care office, air traffic control, and the entire baggage handling group they were all women. Really? Isn't that fantastic? That's a very good story, Lynn. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yes. And they said the airline has immense respect for women and it is a symbol of women's empowerment. That's, I love it. I think that's fantastic. That is pretty cool, actually. I mean, 17 hours, that's a long flight, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's well, women some... can do it. Women are strong. They can we do it. Endurance. They yes. can do it. We're used to not sleeping. So. <laughs> <laughs> For years, for decades, we don't sleep. So it's totally fine. Uh, So that's, you know, just one of the ways that uh, companies are celebrating women all over the world. I thought that was kind of a fun thing. Fun thing. All right, we have to take a quick break. We'd like to give you a word from Audible, uh, the sponsor of today's podcast. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the many, many sports stories in the news. So stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. Hi, Satellite Sisters. It's Leanne Dolan, and I want to take this time to thank Audible for their support of the Satellite Sisters podcast. That's right. If you love podcasts, you're going to love audiobooks or all the great products they have at Audible. They have over 180,000 titles. So if you haven't tried Audible yet, now's your chance. For a free 30-day trial, just use our special URL 
It's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. Audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. You'll find books there. You'll find courses there. You'll find other fantastic audio content. And the book that we want to recommend this month is brand new, just came out, and it's from one of the Satellite Sisters' favorites, Padma Lakshmi. You know her as the, like, drop-dead gorgeous host of Top Chef, but she's also a cookbook author. She's a mother. She's the former wife of writer Salman Rushdie, and she has plenty of things to say about that in her new memoir, Love, Loss, and What We Ate. Now, it's also narrated by our girl Padma, and she does does a wonderful kind of sexy personal job with the narration. So I think if you're a fan of Top Chef, if you're a fan of hers, you are really going to enjoy this. I remember when Padma came on Satellite Sisters and she was warm and gracious and lovely. And this memoir has elements of all of that, plus just a lot of honesty. I mean, have you ever wondered, what's it really like to be married to Salman Rushdie, a guy, you know, who's really wanted by people all over the world? It's a pretty fascinating look. Plus, there is food, 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 lots of food, as she traces her path from an immigrant from India to where she is now. A very complicated life in front of, uh, in front of the camera. The book is Padma Lakshmi's Love, Loss, and What We Ate, and it is our Satellite Sisters Audible Pick of the month of March. So if you want to try that as part of your free 30-day trial, here is the special URL audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. Thanks, Audible, for supporting the Satellite Sisters podcast. And thanks, Satellite Sisterhood, for supporting the people that support us. We are the Satellite Sisters, Leanne and Julie, here today on the Tuesday show. We're working towards our Downton Abbey finale recap, the last Downton Gabby, Julie, the last Downton Gabby. I know. I know. I can't, can't even say it, Leanne. I can't even think about it. But but first, we want to cover some actual news stories. Now, okay. I think you and I both had on our list of must-talks about today, Aaron Andrews. Yes, that was an amazing Yesterday, a $55 million judgment uh, that she won. Uh, She had gone to court to sue two people. Uh, Number one, the owner of the Marriott franchise where um, the terrible incident happened to her, where a stalker had rented the hotel room next to hers and videotaped her and put all these videotapes up on the Internet uh, so, you know, she sh- sued both the st- stalker and she sued the owner of this Marriott, Marriott franchise. You know, and it's interesting, Leanne, this crime, the crime was committed in 2009. Mm-hmm. And this judgment just came down in 2016. And I don't know, I assume you were watching the trial. Too. I was, yeah. Yeah, I was and watching was- the coverage of the trial. Yes, and yes. reading about it. I was very, I was interested in the case when it happened. I'm you know, I think she's a very solid reporter. I used to work in the sports world myself, so it caught my eye uh, for many reasons, just because you do feel particularly vulnerable when you're a woman in the sports world. You're very often the only woman in a large group of people, and, and that can be its own problematic. And, and then the trial was really interesting to me. Yeah. So, yeah. And that she, you know, both her father testified, she testified. And one of the things that is that was I was really struck with is just the ongoing 
you know, uh, you know, threat from from this video because it because she says she still gets tweets every day. People sending her this, you know, these pictures, the nude pictures of her that were put up on the Internet. So despite the fact they were taken down, people made copies and every single day she still faces this harassment. So, you know, yes, this stalker, you know, has gone to jail and no, she didn't think she was going to get any sort of, you know, she doesn't expect him to pay back, pay it back, but it's not, it will never be over for her, you know? And I think that that's what one of the things that really struck me that, and I was so surprised that it came to a civil trial. I mean, why didn't, why didn't the owners of this Marriott franchise, why didn't they settle with Aaron Andrews? Why did they feel like they had to take it to trial? I mean, well, you know, I, I'm no lawyer, but I think it was a tactic. Like, well, she's certainly not going to want to go to trial and relive this and bring it all up again. I, like, know, I would imagine. I, but, you know, she did. It was important to her. She really yes. felt like she was speaking out on a lot of behalf of victims everywhere that have been exploited in this way. And, you know, you're right, Julie. She's living with it every day. And I don't know anything about the money. So you can say, oh, it's too much. It's too little. Oh, what real people, um, you know, suffer real pain and suffering. I've seen already, you know, editorials like that. But remember, she's also been accused for eight years of actually somehow creating the video herself right, and posting right. it uh, to make money. So not only is she actively harassed every single day, she's also been just torn apart in the press as if, you know, she did this herself as an awesome money-making option. And, you know, the sad thing is, a lot of women have used a naked video of themselves right. as an but entree to their careers. We don't need to name any names, but I, it's not something I really applaud as, you know, a way to get attention for yourself. But um, it wasn't Erin Andrews. She didn't do it on purpose, you know? No, she didn't. She was really just, you know, she's an, just as you said, she's an excellent uh, uh, Fox Sports re uh, reporter, you know, and she just, but the fact that, you know, I guess I hadn't really keyed in on the fact of how much pain and anguish she still go experiences all the time now you know the the owners of the uh, marriott chain franchise uh, they're they're not certain whether they're going to appeal but they might appeal and just drag this out right so this is this is never going to be over for her but i think she's going to continue continue the fight and i think you know hats off to her that she's doing that you know that because a lot of people would be like, you know, I just want to be over. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to add, you know, add to this publicity, you know, because, you know, because now that she's been, you know, this case received such a large judgment, it's been in the news, you know, people are, you know, like, you know, researching it and looking it up. So I'm sure she's going to be harassed even more because of this. I think that the idea that she was harassed every day was yeah. probably like her saving grace. Like, you know what? I'm harassed every day anyway. So I yeah. might as well go tell my story and right. get my day in court because right. it's not going away on its own. Right. So, you know, was uh, Sports Illustrated had a great piece and I just tried to bring it up, but it was running some audio under. So I... <laughs> You guys, I didn't so want, I, I didn't want our listeners to, I know you probably heard that. I didn't want our listeners to be forced to listen to a Sports Illustrated ad because who knows what that could be. But uh, so I'm not going to have all the names I wanted. I read it yesterday and it was a Sports Illustrated reporter. Um, he spoke to seven other women in the sports business about reporters, about sort of what it's like on the road for them. And they all, all seven, you would know their names, Michelle Tafoya, a whole bunch of them. They all had incidences where 
they were in a hotel, they were felt threatened, you know, they had to either call security or call the police. Uh, in one case, Prince Fielder actually like saved one of the reporters, like, a weird guy got on the elevator with her, knew her name, knew her room number. Oh, and Prince dear. Fielder like happened to be in the elevator and he escorted her to her room. But what was extraordinary, there was one woman, I don't recall her name. It wasn't familiar to me, but she is also a blonde sideline reporter. And she said, I look nothing like Erin Andrews. And I have been yelled at on the field. She said, really? by guys, you know, she said, I remember one incident, particularly two drunk guys at a game just kept screaming at me. Hey, Aaron, we loved your video. Hey, Aaron, we loved your video. Like over and over and over again, because she wasn't acknowledging them. And she's not even Aaron Andrews. <laughs> Yeah. So that was like a, like, oh yeah. So if you don't think it's daily and you don't think it's real. And also we've gotten like blase about these nude videos. Like, oh, well, haha, oh, well, Disney channel stars and whatever. Everyone has a nude video. Well, no, not everyone has a nude video and not everyone right. wants a nude video. And right. it's super invasive. She's walking into rooms full of men all day long and knowing that, yeah, they've probably seen her nude video. Right. That I mean, talk about just demoralizing yeah, so it's unnerving and, to yeah, think about that it's really you know, unnerving that's... imagine every professional situation you go into people have literally seen you naked you know right. and that's probably the case with her so uh so and it, the defense from the from the hotel was like oh well it really wasn't our fault you know it was this creepy stalker guy he yeah. did it all yeah well no that's not really good enough you know like when you give out the name you know you know, the name or the room number of where people are staying, that you're violating sort of the rules of, you know, being in a hotel. And I know a lot, you know, I mean, you've traveled by yourself, Lee, and I've traveled by myself. Certainly Liz and Monica travel a great deal by themselves. And it's, you're always thinking about that. You are. About, and you're very vulnerable. Security. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting <laughs> rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair mm -hmm. because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when it's, my hair is really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leon's. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm -hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. 
so you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz, you know we love talking about FrameBridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting FrameBridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like I know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like... going to be happy, okay? Yeah. And that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. You are vulnerable about, you know, about where your hotel room is, how you get there, you know, where the exits are. And, uh, and women should feel safe. They should be, you know, if you are paying for the service to stay in a hotel, you should feel like you have some security. Yeah. So. In this article in Sports Illustrated, uh, several of the women outlined how their procedures had changed since the Aaron Andrews thing because they all have fans and they all yes. have, quote, stalkers. And, right. you know, they said very carefully they don't ever use social media. They don't post where they're going. They don't post where they're staying, obviously. You know, some of them travel with teams. So they said there's a natural protective instinct there. Like uh -huh. you may be the one was a, a reporter. Uh, she worked for the Yankees network. So she traveled with the Yankees all the time. Yeah. And she said, I'm yeah. literally like surrounded by men all the time. And I feel a lot safer, but others, you know, were more like Aaron Andrews. They're just sent to, to Cleveland, you know, to Cincinnati and to Pittsburgh on three successive days. And they're just kind of out there traveling alone. And they said, they always make sure now to put a bandaid over the peephole and to double lock their doors and they don't stay on the first floor. And they, you know, it was, you know, they, she, she said, well, I used to spend, one reporter said she used to spend a lot more time like in her room alone, but now she actually makes sure to go down and be surrounded by people, particularly like other male reporters, so that if there is anyone watching her, they know that she has like backup in the hotel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a lot to think about. So, right. I don't know. Anything that's about not them. really your job. No, it's not your job. Yes, yeah, this is not. 
Right. Yeah. This is you. This is just all the things yeah. you have to do so that you can do your job. Right. So, so, uh, so you know, the money is is what the jury felt was right, and right. and that's a but the principle. Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, that was a you know, that's it's a it should be a wake up call for hotels everywhere, and you know, for anybody who is in the travel business in terms of how they they structure privacy and protection. All right, Maria Sharapova, Julie, that was uh, kind of a shocker because people thought she might actually be retiring. Right, right. Five-time Grand Slam winner. You know, she is a fan favorite. Uh, You know, she's a fierce competitor. And she flunked the drug test for the Australian Open. And she gave a, a press conference yesterday. And she said that she flunked the test because for the last 10 years, she has been taking a drug called Mildronet or something, Mildronate. And this was prescribed by her family doctor because uh, she was traveling so much. She was getting the flu frequently. She was really run down. She has a history of uh, family history of both heart disease and diabetes and that this drug um, was intended to sort of boost her stamina and boost her endurance and make her feel better. I, when I heard that, I thought, that's what our sister Liz needs with all of her, <laughs> her travel. <laughs> okay. But the same drug, Mildronit, goes under the other name Meldonium, and that's the banned substance. It's been banned since January 1st. Uh, she said she was unaware of this. She takes full responsibility for it. She didn't realize, you know, she didn't actually even open the email uh, that the Tennis League Federation had sent to her with the names of the banned substances. So, uh, I don't know, Leanne. You know, we just now have had such a long history of professional sports stars that have disappointed us, that, yeah. that you know, have stood up there and said, oh, I didn't, you know, about drugs or whatever it is. So I just, I want to believe Maria because I do like her as a player. I think she's a fierce competitor. Um, uh, You know, she's been a real champion, but I don't know. I don't know. know. Well, she didn't, at least, you know, to her credit, she didn't say she didn't take it and was going to challenge the drug drug test. That's the usual MO of most of, you know. The, the yeah. Star Armstrong MO, like, oh, no, I didn't take it. The drug test is wrong. She never said that. So I was taking it, and I've been taking it for a long time. It is apparently, again, I just tried to bring up an ad, another article, and I got an audio ad. Uh, but I read today in the LA Times sports section that it's kind of a drug of choice of um, Russian stars. Right. There have been yes. several other Russian athletes that have been dinged for this this drug, including a figure, ska- or a figure skater or a gymnast. Uh-huh. So I think a figure skater. So... Um, so it's sort of a known quantity. I was surprised, um, you know, to right to see that she had for ten years been been taking, taking it. I mean, she's only twenty nine, Maria Sharapova. Right. <laughs> it's right. not so. You wouldn't think she would be that worried about like heart disease or diabetes. She said was an issue, and that's one of the reasons she was taking it. So I, I you know, so she didn't deny it. So I will give her credit for that. And you know, they reporters reports today said. This is not such an infraction that she could even be banned for life. You know, 
people have already admitted to taking drugs at this level and gotten, you know, a very minimal sentence, very minimal suspension. So it you know, could be that she won't really get much, uh, you know, much problem at all. But she did already get dropped by Nike. You know, yeah, not... I saw that. And as well as a watch manufacturer yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I mean, a company like Nike that stood by Lance Armstrong right. forever. Like I mean, they got to take a yeah. different approach. Yeah. Yeah. This time. <laughs> But uh, yes, the drug is made in Latvia, Leanne. It's not. Uh, it's not produced in the U- U.S. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so yes. It, so there is some. Uh, and I heard that the head of the Russian uh, Federation, sports federation, because she's the number one sports star in Russia. No. He said this was like a punch in the gut. Uh, I was like, oh, really? I'm surprised you're having such a big rea- <laughs> reaction, because you've had a long history of drugging <laughs> right. athletes. But, right. But nonetheless, but so I really hope it's not true. And I, I you know, well, it I, is true. It's it true. Is true. I mean, so <laughs> and she has a whole team of people. Leanne. Right. I mean, it's not like, oops, I forgot. Like, I, you know, I have so many things to do to play tennis and travel and figure out how to get. I mean, she has people Leanne, that like, you know, professional trainers that take care of her and that know what medications she's taking. Like, you know, what what's up with that? Yeah, I don't, you know, it had just been banned. The Australian Open's early in the year. I, who knows? I don't know. Maybe she almost forgot, forgets that she's taking it because she's been on it for so long. Well, I, don't, yeah. I know, but not I the know. people around her. They know, they should know what medication she's taking every day. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I, I don't know what to say about these drugs anymore. Feels like, you know, it, the next year it will be something else that someone, half the players are probably currently on. It just, yeah. to me, it just underscores like how grueling sports is on people's bodies and people's minds and the pressure it is to be at the top and stay at the top and win. And it's not an excuse, but I think it does become, you know, a doctor gives you something, you take it because like, you don't want to think about other things like, oh, this will be good for that, for good for for my stamina, okay, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you do, you do a lot of questioning about the ethical decisions when you're on the road 300 days a year and trying to stay number one, and you've got Serena Williams breathing down your neck, and you know, so beating that's all. you all the time, beating yeah. you all the time, beating all you the all time. the time. So you know, for the last couple of years at least. So, um, so I don't know. I, you know, she basically said, I don't want to end my career this way, and I hope she doesn't. Me you too. Know. Me too. Me I hope too. she doesn't. I hope she doesn't. All right. All right and then let's, let's end on a high note. Yeah. And that would be the Peyton Manning farewell speech was, which was pretty much up there with, you know, the Lou Gehrig farewell speech, <laughs> it was. the pride of the Yankees. This is, he's going to be the pride of new Orleans land. I mean, that was some speech. It was, it was emotional. It was, uh, it was sweeping and, and turn in scope and, he thanked us all, Leon. He thanked us, you know. He family. did. Yes, yeah. I he feel practically thanked. thanked you by name, being yes, your I close know. connection with him in New Orleans. Honestly, Julie, I cried more during the Peyton Manning speech than Downton Abbey final. I mean, I, I, and I'm not even, I wouldn't even put myself in the Peyton Manning fan category, right. but just as a speech, yes. as an exercise in giving a retirement speech, it was a masterclass. It was right. beautifully crafted. It was genuine. It yes. was powerful. And, you know, I don't even really like football anymore, the NFL. But when he said, God bless football, I felt it, man. Yes. I felt it. 
I did it. too, Lana. I, I can't wait for the movie because that's what's coming next, right? The Peyton Manning story, you know, don't you think? I predict I this. No, I predict just just men across America to watch this speech over and over and over again when they need to get like psyched up for the big game or something that this is going to become some freak motivational speech for people. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> So, yeah, it was, it was a masterclass in retirement speeches. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't know who wrote it for him, but yeah. it, they did. A, it was a job well done. It so. was, it was, he should, whoever on his PR team did that, they should, they should get a big bonus this year. No, it was, it was very genuine. You really yes. felt it from an athlete who's been on top for a long time. So uh, good for him. Yeah. It was very emotional, very emotional. All right. Peyton Manning going off to play some um, golf. I understand with his with his <laughs> brother Good. Eli. He's 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 earned it, Liam. He's earned it. Yeah, but don't think he's not going to miss football, Julie. He's going to miss it. <laughs> I know he loves football, Liam. He loves it. He does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, Liam. Well, you know it's still Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, even though it's International Women's Day, and so I've got some trends for you. Uh, and the first is uh, hotels, Liam, uh, because. Uh, hotels are now hotel chains as they're designing new rooms and features. They're really gearing it towards the millennials. And uh, this could be a problem for us, Leanne, because I've heard of some of the features that they're really going to emphasize now, and they sound terrible. Uh, first <laughs> is uh, uh, laminate floors. Okay. Millennials do not want carpet. Uh, at all. They like that clean, clean, clean feel. You know, you've seen HGTV house hunters. Yeah. They, you know, people scream when they see carpet, you know, in a house now. I don't know why, but uh, (laughs) they scream. And while it's probably true that a laminate floor would be easier to clean, I think that that is soul crushing. It's the gloom (laughs) that you were talking about, Leanne, uh, this uh, past podcast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So just disgusting okay no more tubs no more soaking around in tubs uh i i i like a bathtub leon and i'm sorry to see that they're going it's, it's all showers now so do it's you like, use them in hotels i have yeah. in fancy hotels the really in nice tubs hotel. yeah yes yeah, yeah. In a fancy hotels yeah right. with all the like fancy fancy shower gel yeah. bubble bath yeah it's yeah. pretty sweet they're going yeah. they're going land okay it's all just showers okay no more desks they're, they're not going to put any more desks in um hotel rooms what? that because they millennials don't want to sit at a desk they want like a tv tray or they just want an armchair with some kind of big like again, like a little tray on the end, oh. and I because they like to curl up and roll up into a ball and tap 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 on their laptop. Well, I think that's fine when you're 20. Okay, you can curl up into a little bowl, but when you're like 45 or 55, you want a desk, yeah, right? because that's going to hurt your neck and your back right. if you're all like crunched up. Okay, or, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that is not good. Um, certain hotel, uh, the best Western is coming out with a, a new brand of millennial hotels called vibe. Does that make you want to stay there, Leanne? No, you not know? at all. Well, the best Western doesn't make me part, doesn't actually make me want to stay there, but yeah, the vibe. Yeah. That's not, I, okay. I don't, I don't feel the vibe. I'm not okay. feeling the vibe from that. Okay. At the vibe, you're not even going to get a closet, Leanne. They're giving up closets and hangers. It's just hooks. All you're getting in your room is a hook. Oh, I love the closet. Well, I, I love like the first thing I do is hang up my clothes in the closet and the nice wooden hangers. Okay. Seems no, like, that's, that's okay. it. You know, you're just, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a nice hook too. Most hotel rooms should have more hooks. I mean, 
it's just a personal pet peeve, but some things need, if you have you a dress, to. you need a, I know. you mm-hmm. did the hook is not going to do it. That's not the vibe, Leanne. No. Sure, just roll it up or hook it or hang it on a hook, Leanne. That's it. That's all you're getting. Okay. Now the Hilton is coming out with a new uh, chain called True and that's spelled T-R-U because that's cooler than T-R-U-E, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So again, no desk. You just get a chair with an armrest. Mm. That's it. So uh, you can just scrunch up mm. in the chair. So, all right. I, I'm envisioning, we were in Austin last week, and we have to go with the Suites Hotel and talk about a gloomy hotel. Oy. But uh, because my husband has all these conference calls at 5 a.m., and he's out there. He's got the desk. He's got the laptop. He's got the phone. Like, he's got papers everywhere. He couldn't operate on a with a with just and a That's right. An that's arm the rest. What if you had a binder, Leanne? Yeah. A binder. Just imagine showing up with a binder at a hotel. That's <laughs> It's not going to work if you're staying in vibe or true, okay? okay. You're going to have to go somewhere else. They're just... They don't want us, Leanne. That's it. They do okay. not want us. Okay. Second trend I want to mention, uh, you have seen this, but it's interesting. It's coming to Texas. That's why I'm mentioning it. The town of Spur, Texas, which is in the South Plains area of Texas. Now that you've been to Texas, that may give you some clue. No? No? Not really. We we both agreed we didn't know anything about Texas history, and we had failed to look at a map before we went. Okay. So, but uh, now, you know, I may check it out. I may check it out now. Spur, Texas. It's about an hour east of Lubbock. So anyway, the tiny house movement, you've, again, we've seen this, uh, seen this around. Well, the town of Spur, Texas is making this possible that their city council is now passing ordinances so that people to encourage the tiny house movement to come to Texas. Oh, uh, because you know you you could you could get a smaller lot. Or, yeah, you know, that's that's it. Which sounds good. I mean, the tiny house movement, as you know, is it's sort of a backlash to the whole McMansion building that went on in the late eight, you know, nineteen eighties, nineties, two thousand. So this is, but uh, my son feels that the tiny house movement uh, is is really it's it's our generation. It's the baby boomers sort of rebranding or resetting expectations for millennials saying to millennials, you're never going to be able to afford (laughs) a regular house. So we're going to create this tiny house movement and you're going to think it's hip and cool, but it's, it's only because you have so much student loan debt and cannot afford a mortgage that you're going to have to live in a little teeny tiny house. I like it. I, I like the cynicism. I like the conspiracy theory aspect. I think he's probably 100% right. right. I think you grew is. up in a 4,000 square foot house, but you should be happy in a 400 square foot That's right. House. Right. right. <laughs> and that's a big tiny house. That's it's 400 right. square feet. That is so funny. Yeah. I, I, think he, I, I think he's 100% right. Right. So, yeah. well, but they're trying in Spur, Texas, the city leaders are very optimistic that they're going to be able to attract a lot of tiny house dwellers uh, to the town. So you might want to check it out. Spur, Texas. Okay. Uh, I'm actually Googling the tiny life right now. Yes. Uh, tinylife.com. What is the tiny house movement? And there are all sorts of graphics on why you should be sold on the tiny, tiny house. But I much prefer your son's take. <laughs> 
Yes, that it's just <laughs> it's the boom because I too share a, a cynicism for the baby boom generation. I'm all, I think he's a hundred percent right. Hundred percent right. <laughs> okay, and my third trend I want to bring to you, Leon, has to do with desk productivity. Now you're at your desk right now. Look you bet. Around. Look around, Leon. Okay. Yeah. You want to boost your productivity. You want to finish that third book you're working on. Yes, okay. I do. Here's what you need to do. Do you have a plant on your desk, Leon? No, Julie, I see some chopsticks, though, (laughs) (laughs) which is unusual, and soy sauce. I have a package of soy sauce and some chopsticks. Are those on the list? No, Leanne. Okay. All righty. No, they've done some studies, and Uh the workers that work in proximity to plants are happier, okay? Oh, okay. And that they benefit this, this boost in happiness is correlated with their boost in productivity. And that if you work near a plant, or even better, if you tend that plant, uh, that it can have true benefits in your in terms of your communication uh, with your coworkers and uh, with with your superiors. But really, you don't, just yes. a plant, a plant, Leon, a plant, yeah. And if huh. you tend it and water it, it just it again, it's it's the happiness. It's it's a more positive feeling. It's increasing your productivity. It's in, you know you're because you're happy. You're communicating better. So there you have it. A little okay. plan. Okay, it's one one study. Okay, now the second one. Highly suspicious about this. Yeah. Um, acute animals. Pictures of cute animals. Okay, if they have done studies in uh, South Korea. Okay. Oh, of course. Of course. Oh, well, of course. that is a yeah. That's red a culture who enjoys lights. Yeah, they invented cute animals. Yeah, okay. they, that's. But they, and of course they use kittens. Super cute pictures of kittens. Okay, so maybe I want you to get one, Leon, which would just make me laugh that you had a picture of a kitten uh, on your desk next to the chopsticks and soy sauce. But they, the study was that they had workers look at this picture of cute, cute kittens right before they had to perform a significant task. And that somehow, by looking at those kittens, it, it they focused on the kitten, and then they were able to focus better on the task. The picture of the kitten. <laughs> okay. You're not that's, buying that that's one? That's idiotic. Okay, I mean, okay. But they said not too much time, because you can waste time looking at cute kittens. Okay. You can't do that. You just can't watch, you know, go on the internet and just watch you know, little kitty cat pictures. Okay. And then the third thing is light. Do you have the proper light? You probably have the proper light in your office. I do. I, well, okay. I have a big That's window cute. and I have lighting and yeah, I'm a big believer in the proper light. Okay. So you got one out of three. Light. <laughs> okay. One out of three yeah. because the blue light coming off the, the computer screen is not good for you. That is not good for your productivity. And that by having a desk lamp, you know, that really, that really can help you. Okay. But you got, you got to work on those other two. <laughs> you know, speaking of cats, and I don't often say that, and I know we have to move to the Down Abbey finale, but you know, I have that feral cat that I feed, yes. you know? Yes. And so pretty. the other, so, you know, we have a good relationship in the sense that like, I'm never going to touch this cat and this cat never wants to be touched. It's, there's no chance that we're going to bond on any physical level whatsoever, but I'm happy to support his, his free lifestyle in the backyard. So every day I put out the food in the late afternoon and I kind of call his name. I give, call him Palm, short for pomegranate. And I'll just go here, Palm, here's your food. And so the other day 
I put out his food, and he's usually sitting in the neighbor's yard waiting for the food. So the other day, I put out the food, and I look, and here comes a cat, and it's a tiger cat, like Palm, but it has a it has a collar and a bell around his neck. I was like, well, I have totally been duped, apparently. <laughs> Palm is someone's cat. But no, this other cat comes right towards me. It's a, it's a whole nother cat. It's like a fancy version of Palm. It's got the fancy collar. It's got, it's one of those like sleek tiger cats. I was like, how many cats are hiding in the bushes waiting for food? What is it you, they cats? just, in the cat world, they know you are, they, this is a big sucker. They have already determined that yeah. you, you know, that you, they have just, Totally pulled the wool over your eyes, Liam. Well, this cat was so fancy, he turned up his nose at my cheap cat food. <laughs> oh, he wasn't, he want any of that food at all. <laughs> so the other day I looked out and Palm did have a friend for dinner, which was nice. There were two of them out there. Really? Yeah. An orange and white striped cat and Palm. They were eating. It's like together. Lady and the Tramp kind of, Liam. You should. It is. I invited a friend over I, for dinner. It was nice. I think you should write a book about the cat, Liam. <laughs> Forget that third. I don't know what you're writing about, but I think. People like cats, Lynn. <laughs> anyway, all right. We have to get to the Downton Abbey finale. Uh, the last Downton Gabby here on Satellite Sisters. We're going to take a quick break, organize our notes, and we'll be back. Stay with us. We are the Satellite Sisters. This is the final Downton Gabby. Oh, it's hard to even say the words, but uh, congratulations for making it through six seasons. Thank you for being here with us as we wrap up the PBS show Downton Abbey and our recap of that. I'm Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm joined by my sister, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. And Julie, do you feel an emptiness? Is there a sadness that you have now as we do this final Downton Gabby? Yes, Liam. Yes. Uh, the uh, Monday morning after watching the show, I really woke up and I was like, it's gone. It's really gone. And it's never coming back. And I know there are all kinds of things that people have suggested, books you can read, other series. It's just, it's gone. That's it. It's just yes, not the same. Right. It's not the same. That's not the same. And it may so. find, find, take you a while to find a substitute for it. Right. So another show right. that you can give your heart to as right. deeply as you did to Downton Abbey. But now that we've seen the finale, I would say there's a pretty good shot. There's going to be some movies and specials coming back because, you know, they left that wide open. He did not, uh, Julian Fellows, the writer, did not have an ambitious scale for this finale. He wrapped things up in a tidy bow. Yes. Uh, he did it pretty quickly and he left a lot of possibilities for the future. So uh, maybe that will help you julie do you think yes no, no i do i did leave uh thinking uh, well you know there there's going to be a movie land we're, we're, we're definitely going to get get that and possibly there'll be downton abbey 2 you know the next generation uh so yes there were there's a lot of storylines there's a lot more stories to be told there yes. are many more stories to be told all right so here is our final recap uh julie i just wanted to suggest some alternative titles for the finale okay i cooked up a list so okay. uh here we go Thelma and Louise 2, The Dickie Merton Escapade. Okay. <laughs> okay. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling uh, and chilling sure. there yes. with, your, with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is <laughs> what, uh, what, 
what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. No antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support satellite sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Undaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SAT Sisters at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. For that, was, that was one of my, that's one of my favorite storylines. We'll have to best. talk about that. Okay. Four weddings and no funeral. Like no one died. So that was good. Hooray uh, for that, Liam. 
Brokeback Abbey, the Henry and Tom story. I mean, those two get a room, man. I mean, I, I thought they were going to make out over that drink cart. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Charlie and Elsie. Who? I mean, who? what was that? Charlie Carson. Have you ever? No. I, I mean, no, that was shocking. Don't do that again. Don't yeah. use your first name. <laughs> That was wrong. All right. The girl in the plastic bubble, Lady Cora emerges from coma and now runs the hospital. I mean, what the? She had like a lobotomy over the last couple of shows. Well, she's been resting, Leanne. You know, she's been saving herself for five seasons where she's just been in bed with that breakfast tray. And All right. Little Sister's Revenge. Edith marries a Marquess and Mary marries a used car salesman. I know. I mean, used cars. What the? I I mean, where are they going with that? I I don't know. All right. The kids are all right, except Carson. I mean, did you feel like Carson got the raw deal in this? Like nobody died, but Carson got a death sentence. Yeah, I know. It was bad. All right. And then the last couple of alternative titles. Goodbye, pig man. <laughs> Shrimpy come home and <laughs> the Downtonest Downton Abbey of them all. Because it really was. They just sort of laid it on thick there, Downton Abbey. Yeah. If you have loved sort of the pace and the quality and the bon mots and you've loved the logistics and the back and forth of Downton Abbey over the last five years, then you would have really loved this finale because it just laid it all out there. Like very slow moving. Not any surprises. Well, that was good, Leanne. I mean, I'm glad there were were no car crashes. I was worried about Anna's baby. You know, I mean, everything just turned out all right. You know, I I, I guess Carson really. Except Carson. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Every, the kids are all right. You know, except Carson. Uh, Really the heart and soul of the whole show. Just, just going down in flames in the last one. Uh, I would have liked to seen his funeral, but that's just me. So, uh, you know, if he was going to go down, I thought that could have been an emotional moment. But it certainly was a tidy ending, as everyone said. Everything wrapped up with a a bow. Lots of happy couples at the end, potential happy couples. And, you know, in general, just a a feel-good finale, right? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean... Edith, it was really Edith's moment. Well, the, the last episode Mary, was all about Mary. This really focused on Edith. She just still couldn't believe she was happy, no. wasn't she? <laughs> Even in the final episode. She got the castle. She got her nice husband. And she was like, oh, I'm happy. I don't know what to do with it. You know? She just she can't, did. can't handle it, Land. She does have that mother-in-law. So that's, oh, you oh, know. Oh, she's got, oh, she has so many problems so about her in that big old drafty castle. Okay. All right. So let's take the storylines one by one. And we can sort of wrap them all up, like, because uh, they're all coupled off, really. Yes. But we'll start yes. down. We'll start downstairs. Okay. Uh, so Daisy and Andy, after several really tedious scenes of Daisy just being super unpleasant to that adorable Andy, then we get like Andy in the white t-shirt and woohoo, all of a sudden Daisy is, is smitten. I know. I mean, it was close to a pole dark moment yeah. uh, that he was up there on that roof yeah. in his white t-shirt mm-hmm. doing a little sweating. Uh, he, he, It was good. It was good. But yes, Daisy was really, it was getting tedious. She was whining and complaining. She has a history of making bad decisions about men and just her timing's always been off. Uh, but uh, I think they have got quite a possibility now that she got the cute haircut. Now, right. what about that blow dryer, Leanne? 
was, ooh, again, as I said, the Downtonist Out Nabby of them all, yes. because it was like, ooh, newfangled tools. How do we use this? And in the last episode, we hadn't seen a lot of that this season, but in the last episode, we get the, the mysterious blow dryer that Lady Mary wants. And, you know, of course, I guess if you'd never used a blow dryer, you wouldn't know. You also needed to comb your hair. <laughs> Just pretty lame, but, uh, yeah, pretty lame. But, you know, Daisy is a lucky girl. I mean, I don't know who she thought was going to wander in besides Andy. I mean, she's in that kitchen like 15 hours a day. I mean, okay. She passed that final test. Yeah. Thank goodness. We don't have to go through that anymore, but right. I mean, and Andy's just, you know, he just wants to be a pig farmer. Come on, Leanne. (laughs) Come on, pig man. All right. Uh, another couple from downstairs, Spratt and Donka, the Dowager Countess's servants. Could have used a little less of them in this episode, but I thought the payoff was very funny that Spratt, who we now know is the uh, the female columnist for Edith's Magazine, uh, he just entertained and delighted the Dowager Countess with his columns. And so I thought the payoff was worth some of the, the scenes beforehand. Yes, me too, Leanne. Uh, I, I was happy with that. Uh, yeah, I, Donka is just not ap- appealing at all. No. You know? I'm never rooting for her, you know, so... But uh, she's she's hanging on, so uh, and they'll continue bickering. No yes, doubt. somewhere in the future, in a sequel, they will continue to bicker. All right, Anna and Bates. That storyline wrapped up. Of course, first we see Anna just wielding that hair dryer like a pro. I mean, she she's like Vidal Sassoon with that thing. <laughs> I know that was quite a bob that she worked on because because Daisy really had given herself quite a hatchet job. Yeah. But I mean, as you can expect with those dull scissors just whacking away at her hair. I don't know what she was thinking. But yeah, Anna did a fine job. That was that was quite a bob, very smooth. It really looked it worked out well. She did but, seem to be working well into her pregnancy though. Did you buy that? Didn't you think like when she said I'm 10 days out? In that time, don't you think they would have made her leave the house? I didn't I, understand like the how that could be true that they would continue to let her work. Well, I I don't know. I mean, lady, who's going to dress Lady Mary? I mean, it's true. Yes, you're right. She's got to get dressed, Lynn. Who's going to button up those the back of those dresses? Put those necklaces on. I don't know. So ultimately, we do see baby boy Bates born. He's born, of course, the night of Edith's wedding. Uh, he's born upstairs in Lady Mary's bed, which I found, frankly, horrifying. I was I with did Car- too. I mean, horrifying. That's the laminate floors in Horrible. there. That my God, that her waters broke. On the on the carpet, you know. Uh, so what was that? Of I don't, all the, I, we why did do not we need, need to that. see that? <laughs> and that's why. Then and then Mary's like, "Okay, hop in my bed." I was like, "No, don't put her in that bed." Those two towels they brought up from downstairs—that was not going to be enough, but. <laughs> You know, next to that, like next to Robert giving birth to that alien at dinner, that was the water breaking scene was just really disturbing to me. Just seemed yeah, it like is, an unnecessary. It is odd. Yeah, it, when yeah, when Down Nabby has like tried to go to some of these realistic things, it's it, they just do it in such a gross way. Like <laughs> so, so, so they had the baby. You know, she looks like a a Raphaelite angel after she yes. has the baby. With you know, she knows how to do her own hair apparently very right. well. And right. then Bates like grinning like a jack o' lantern just bothered me. And then we don't know the boy's name, right? It's just baby no. boy Bates. That's going to drive me crazy for the rest of my life. <laughs> what <laughs> on your deathbed? What, what is the name of that baby? <laughs> I mean. 
Would have been a good moment to announce the baby's name. And no one asked. Oh, there's everyone's in the room after she's given birth. There's like 20 people in the room. Hey, what's the baby's name? I don't know. So, okay. But they have their baby. Presumably there will be no more murder arrests. I know. And they will have some sort of normal life. And I'm happy for Anna. I'm happy for Anna. She has earned it. She's worked hard. All yes. right. Up, up next, uh, Carson and Mrs. Hughes. Okay. I really felt bad for Carson. Like, not only does he get Parkinson's disease, uh, which progresses very rapidly on the show, but then he basically gets fired on New Year's Eve, like, in the middle of a giant party. I just... Well, he couldn't, seem... he couldn't pour the champagne, Leanne. What I did know. he do? <laughs> no, I know, but maybe... I don't know, maybe a more discreet time to, like, remove a man from his job who served the family for decades. I I realize that, Leon, but, you know, he was really stricken, and and he didn't know what to do. They needed to help him out. He he needed his next assignment. But the idea that Thomas is going to save the day, you know, he came out the best. He really had quite... uh, quite a series you know he did he was, he was the lowest of low lives right we hated him yeah and now he's going to be the head butler i know abby i know well i thought i mean we ended up saying goodbye to him all show goodbye I... goodbye 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 <laughs> goodbye 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 and then five minutes later he's back i <laughs> that's what i mean like some of the story beats just okay just one goodbye scene is fine and then you know master george that was big and emotional i'm like know. literally if five... i let that kid talk again and i told you <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. I mean, he can't, he can't enunciate at all. <laughs> right? He really cannot. You cannot understand what that child is saying. So it, what, it's not powerful. It's not adding to the scene. Okay. So, all right. So, yeah, I didn't really understand why Carson, I thought, was treated rather shabbily. And Thomas, get, like, wins. I, I just, that was not the ending I would have gone with. No, I, 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 I would have given Carson a more dignified send-off. That's what exactly. I mean. I would have actually liked to see Carson's funeral, because I think that would have been a tearjerker moment for me. At no point during this finale did I tear up. Not one point. I It did not get to me that way. I thought Carson deserved better, and Tom. Thomas, he really lucked out. Although that new gig looked like a pretty deadly assignment. <laughs> that was bad. That was those people. Ooh. It's not 1850. <laughs> okay. All right. Now let's go upstairs uh, to the moment of the show, Julie. Thelma, Louise, and Lord Merton. I mean, when the Dowager Countess and Isabel busted in and rescued Lord Merton from the evil daughter-in-law and pernicious anemia. That was fantastic. Like was I would excellent. have loved to have seen more fun stuff like that in the finale. But that was a great moment, wasn't it? That was that was an excellent scene. I loved that storyline. There was a lot of emotion in it. You were really rooting for them. And uh, and it was a good sort of soap opera disease. Right. just anemia. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure, like many of you, I Googled it the next yes. day. And Absolutely. I got as far as body can't make enough healthy blood cells. And then I... I just clicked off. That was good enough for me. I, I didn't need any, after the water on the carpet, I didn't need any more details about pernicious anemia. Yeah. But that, you know, it was a lovely sort of way to underscore uh, Violet and Isabel's long friendship. Yes. and what it, Yeah. Like your buddy is going to go in there. You're going to like 
rescue Lord Merton in the silk, you know, house coat. Dickie. Yeah, get Dickie. Put him in the car. <laughs> get your valet to load it up. Go, we're going over to the love shack, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, really. I mean, I the mean, tiny house movement. Say no more. <laughs> It was young love. It's old love. I loved it, Leanne. That was that was great. Yeah, was a great scene. And yeah. and I actually was rude again. Isabel, some she has really bugged me in many episodes yeah. because I think she gets on her high horse. But I just she that was such a sweet sweet moment, and she didn't want to miss it. And they, I was happy for them, Leanne. I was too. And I thought, you know, Viola could have been like, oh, well, that's the end of that. Like, good. Now, now I'll have a friend for life. But she was willing to, to risk their friendship to do that. I thought that was a, the best moment of the show. And I, I wish there had been more of those. I love and, and Dickie Merton's line, I, you're my son and I love you, but I don't like you. That, yes. that's, that's, that's a good line. That is a good line. All right. So hats off. That was fantastic. All right. Tom and Henry, you know, I, I'm happy for both of them that they scored those rich in-laws, but I, I think I'm glad they have a job or else I think they just would start making out all day long. I, mean, <laughs> that was I know. Henry, Henry was like sitting on the bridge, smoking, I know. curled up in bed, just drinking scotch, the two <laughs> of them. I don't know. Well, I wish them luck with that enterprise. Yeah. They do. They do need that. So yeah. But again, when he's clearly already plotting the World War II series, I mean, you can see he's setting it up. We have Master George. We have Sybil. They'll be kind of in their twenties during World War II. You know, the two of them will have some sort of car business that will then become, you know, make jet airline, jet airplane engines. <laughs> yeah. Did you get new jobs over the weekend? No. You're going to be writing for Downton Abbey too. I, I just was hoping that they. I was hoping the script would go further and you know would take us places in sort of a timeline and i so i was disappointed that it really didn't but it's clear that he's just setting up a world war ii series so that's fine you know like in five years when he recovers i'm fine with that yeah so that's so he that's being set up for world war ii that they are going to make a lot of money building uh, airplane engines at world okay. war ii like all those car companies did in england all right then we have the return of mensa members rose and alistair <laughs> Excellent title, Liam. Men's members. Those two. But she's so delightful. Weren't oh. you happy when she just bounced back into Downton Abbey and just, you know, uh, and she just, like, everybody was so happy to see her and she just immediately got involved. She's the best. Yeah. It was it was a burst of energy that I thought the show needed. Actually, I thought it was flagging a little bit. And so then in comes Rose. And thank God she brought her dad, Shrimpy, just so we can... <laughs> Say that name one more time. Shrimpy. Maybe and Anna could name her baby Shrimpy. You know what? It, in my mind, it's Shrimpy Bates. And so. Okay. We I'm have satisfied that. Now. Rest in peace, Leanne. You have a name now. Shrimpy Bates. <laughs> okay. Shrimpy Bates. Um, so they're just, they're so beautiful and they're so clueless. And this is a pure delight. Rose and yes. Alistair. I mean, she's there five minutes and she knows that, you know, exactly what to do with Robert to get him on board. So, uh, Rose, thank you for coming back. You were wonderful. If only you had worn that blue Cinderella dress to the wedding, but, uh, that would have been great. All right. Then we have Cora and Robert. And, uh, basically the storyline goes back in time to document the first case of life work balance issues <laughs> and Lady Cora becomes the first victim of the mommy wars when Robert makes a stink about her work at the hospital and forsaking 
family. But I really thought that she went to work the day before her daughter's wedding. I was surprised at that, Julie. I was surprised with that, too. Plus, it's over the holidays, right? It was over the holidays. It was like New Year's Eve or a day before New Year's Eve. Who has to go to work then? I don't know. Thank God Rose was there to take care of the flowers. Of course, they're going to be lovely. Rose was in charge. But uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that, and they, unfortunately, those two got stuck with a lot of lines that I thought were, you know, just really telegraphed a lot about the future and this and making, you know, making acceptances and, you know, uh, looking beyond what's happening. They got stuck with a lot of heavy lines. And so, but I, but he's made a, a remarkable recovery. Yeah. I, I, you know, so I'm giving birth to that alien. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's all back full, full, uh, force and everything. So good. I'm glad they're happy. Fine, fine, fine. And yeah. I'm glad they were happy about their second daughter. You know, he's thrilled that the second daughter's marrying so well. So he is goody. Yeah. I think he said, yeah. oh, well, he Golly, was like, or... woohoo. He, he was really thought that castle was something. So I know. Uh, yeah, he's pretty psyched. So, so the two of them, it's all fine. Cora now has just completely uh, changed. She's going to be leading the hospital. She's giving seminars. She's answering health insurance questions. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable, really. So Cora Care is happening there at Downton Abbey and fantastic. But I did have to laugh. I was like, are they actually trying to do a work-life balance storyline in the middle of this finale? That's nuts, but they were. Uh, okay, Mary and Henry. Mary and Henry, uh, you know, she's humbler. She seems happier. She's married to a used car salesman, which is a bit of a disappointment, but at least he's still hot. I mean, he's still very sexy, and uh, she's she's going to have their baby. But we yes. don't know that baby's name, but that baby will also be available for a World War II storyline. And she was nice to Edith. She really, she brought Edith back together with Bertie. You know, she held her pregnancy news during the wedding, which other sisters might not do that. We all know people who... Have ruined other events. Yes. Right. Yes. I'd like to announce my engagement on my sister's (laughs) wedding day. We have all been through that. Not not the Dolan sisters, but we've seen other sisters. So I hope she doesn't get too nice, though. I mean, I need Mary to stay Mary. To to stay Mary. She will. She will. So so that's good that she's having a baby. They're they're solidifying their relationship. And, and, you know, she – she's going to be nice to her sister, you know, because they're sisters and they, and they appreciate that, but not too nice. She said she's going to keep some secrets, Leon. So you can expect Mary to, uh, to rear her snobby head again. Excellent. Excellent. And then finally, as you said, this really was Edith's show after five seasons of it being poor Edith, Edith got, she got the best of everything. She got the best costumes, the show, Uh she got the best lighting. She got the biggest storyline. She got great camera angles. She got that fantastic wedding dress. I mean, she knocked it out of the park. So Edith and Bertie back together. Bertie appears to be the only man in England who ever cries. And like, he cries all the time. I mean, <laughs> he looked better though. I thought, you know, cause he's been so mousy looking cause he's usually has, has missed the train, the public transportation to <laughs> show up at Downton Abbey. I thought he was looking sort of handsome, very handsome in this episode. He looked excellent at the Ritz hotel. So I like that. And Ber- yes. And Edith did look radiant in her bridal gown with that beautiful train. That was uh, really something. 
And she went through the fire. She decided because her husband didn't have the guts to tell his mother that Edith was bringing a child fathered by another man as she was trying to build this moral utopia there on their (laughs) estate. Um, You know, Edith went in, spoke to the mother-in-law. And that that's something like had it not been the finale. I think that was something that would have dragged out. You know, that story would have been told over a couple of episodes. So you got the buildup. The mother-in-law seemed to cave pretty quickly on her moral high ground. But, you know, we needed it to happen because everybody needed a happy ending it needed to end at a wedding apparently so you know she won over the mother-in-law with her honesty and uh you know she gets her man she gets her baby she gets that huge house for goodness yeah. sakes that looks <laughs> so drafty and uncomfortable didn't so it? cold that's going to be terrible and that mother-in-law oh all the warning bells are there you know <laughs> she is not going to live quietly in that little apartment she'll be over there bugging them the whole time <laughs> and and that was it you know obviously we had tom also it looks like something as we as we predicted something will shake out shake out with the lady editor again yes. they'll both be well positioned for the world war ii sequel that we can expect from four to five years but in general julie it was just a hundred percent feel good episode i i think you'll remember what happened to the people i don't think you'll remember the episode so much and in, in terms of like it really being being mind-blowing tv but i you know everybody got a happy ending and that was which nice. was good i thought it was i loved the song at the end when they were singing the uh, you know oh you I, did see i thought that I was did. really trite but okay no, no no i liked it Liam. <laughs> no i loved it and that's when i cried i thought that was really sweet because that is there is always a moment on new year's eve when you're thinking about the past and you're thinking about the future mm-hmm. Very nice, Julie. Very nice. All right. Any other random thoughts about no, Down that's Abbey? That's it, Leanne. You tied it up so nicely in a bow. That's it. Well, so. we would like to thank you if you have just joined us for the Downton Abbey recaps, Downton Gabby. Many of you, that's how you discovered Satellite Sisters. Thanks for coming along on the journey with us. Uh, many of you uh, mentioned on our Facebook page that you don't actually watch the show, but you listen to the recaps. I would like to thank you too. That's fantastic. We appreciate your support on all levels, all levels. Fantastic show. Uh, And thank you, Julian Fellows. Keep writing. Get to work on that World War II uh, series. I think that would be good. That'd be a good one. Um, All right, Jill, anything else going on this week for you? No, Leanne, just a usual week here in Texas. Uh, So how about you? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I caught you on that one. Because usually you ask me and I have like nothing going on and you have about 10 things and you have nothing going on. That's great, Leanne. So have a good week. Okay, you too. Doing nothing. (laughs) All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. You can always find out more about us at SatelliteSisters.com for free. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.